guys. Welcome to the Care Coach Lead Show. This is Andrew Frezza, and I'm joined today by Matt Chenard of Greater Purpose Health and Fitness. And Matt is someone that I've known maybe off and on for a couple of years now. I think how we got introduced to each other was I almost hired one of his coaches who was <laughs> considering um, moving out of Canada and moving, moving into the States and maybe go to some warmer weather. And, and then I think we just had a relationship through social media and stuff like that. But, um, Matt's doing some really cool things with his gym and his coaches and really someone that I think is a, a leader in terms of his actions and the, the type of people that he's developing around him, whether that be, uh, his, his personal relationships, his team and his clients. So Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Andrew. I'm stacked to be here. And yeah, I, I do remember I, I started following your gym once my coach, Tom, awesome coach, he's our actually manager, our COO, was looking to get to some warmer weather. And he said, this gym, Ju Jupiter? Yeah. Yeah, he's, it, there's, it's so common. Uh, it's so similar to our gym, meaning greater purpose, health, and fitness. He's like, it just sounds like the exact same fit as we are doing now. So similarities yeah and he's still with you so he never left yes, um, yes he's still with you or with us so um tell us a little bit about you know your personal background and and how you got into the gym ownership just so we have a little more context yeah so i played competitive hockey my whole life um for those that are watching you might be able to tell i have two false teeth <laughs> and that's always the question right if you ever lost teeth playing hockey i did do that it was in practice. The coach missed the net as I was skating behind it and uh, hit me right in the mouth. There's one thing my wife told me not to do is ever lose teeth. So, But we're still together, so that's okay. Um, played hockey, got into exercise through that, and more of the mindset development. Played around with that, but more so the physical aspect of it. And then as I was playing hockey, I saw a commercial for CrossFit my interest I had no clue what it was and I only saw one commercial and so I started investigating that a little bit once I stopped playing hockey I stopped playing early because I accumulated seven concussions along the way and didn't want to make that <laughs> any worse so then I started to work in trades from there I told it was my fiance then Julissa now wife that I want to open a gym, a CrossFit gym. It was my five-year plan, made it happen in two. Opened a gym with someone else. So we co-founded CrossFit Cameros. And then along the way, through that process, I started to see that there needs to be a holistic approach. And I know the word holistic can kind of be thrown around and it's hard to understand, but there needs to be coaching there needs to be a broader look on someone's life than just the physical aspect that's not going to get someone to that longevity that thriving lifestyle and functional lifestyle they want there need to be more so from there over time we developed into greater purpose health and fitness which still houses our crossfit gym because crossfit is a modality you can use but now we see ourselves as coaching culture and community and really specifically helping people through the coaching aspect, developing new habits, and changing who they are 
so that they can not only achieve the results, but keep them. I love that. Now, what, what was that timeline like? So when did you open CrossFit cameras and when did you realize that there needed to be a holistic approach? And then how did that, how quickly did that transition into greater purpose? Yeah. So we opened, I don't know if you remember the exact year. This is the ninth year of owning a gym business. Um, so whatever that takes us to, that'd be like 2002, 2003-ish. Yeah, well, we're, we're nine years, uh, actually in like two days, oh, and we'll, we opened in 2012. Yeah, sorry, I said 2002, but 2012. So yeah. pretty similar. Again, a lot of similarities between us. Um, and then, so I'm on seminar staff too, CrossFit seminar staff. So I, I developed in that along the way. But when I had the realization is actually kind of involves my wife a little bit. So she had an exercise uh, addiction eating disorder right at the start of our marriage. So that was a fun time for us to navigate and learn as we went along. But I started to realize that's where the holistic part comes into all this. Right? It's not just about exercising. Because that's she was doing something that was is healthy, right? She was doing something that on the outside looks, you look up to people that can exercise consistently, but it became an addiction. So, and then that's where the purpose aspect comes into play. And you'll see that purpose is kind of all over our branding. So that's where I start to shift my mindset and saying, well, there's a purpose aspect to being healthy and fit as well. So, I guess it would be four years into owning the gym. I put on a whiteboard saying something about purpose. Like that was going to be part of our name. And through that time, and actually it got expedited over the pandemic, I kind of developed this flywheel, pinpointing five different areas of life that someone should be investing their time and energy into. One being purpose, right? Like, do you have an identity? Do you have meaning outside of what you do for work? Um, so for my wife, she found meaning and purpose within exercise, but it got carried away, right? So without this thing, who are you? So that's one aspect of this flywheel. Then there's a spiritual aspect. Then there's the physical aspect. Then there's a the connection slash relationship aspect. And then there's the mental or mindset aspect. So over time, just watching and educating myself and coaching others, I started to realize there's way more to fitness than just the physical. That's awesome. One of the questions that really jumped out there that you just said was, without, without this, who, who are you? And I guess you're, you're lumping that in this purpose and mean category can you elaborate on that question? Like, where did it come from? And is that something you use a lot? Yeah, it is something I use a lot. It's actually, I guess, kind of a litmus test I use for myself. So whenever I'm pursuing something, I mean, we're both entrepreneurs, so we know that we can start to get, become engulfed with what we do. We start to identify as an entrepreneur or a business owner or whatever it might be. And if we find our significance, if we start to 
put everything into this thing and what happens if we lose it? Are we still going to be that same person? Are we still going to have the same character? Are we still going to care for our clients and care for our relationships as we did before? So for me, if at any point I can't answer, I will still be the same person. I know that's when I need to start to look at this and say, is this beneficial for me to do? Am I going to be the same person with this or without this as I am with this? So that's, and that's where it's kind of gets more abstract and it's a harder thing to coach. But I think it's a really important thing because if we talk about even athletic identity, I see a lot of, a lot of young athletes and even old athletes alike that once they stop playing their sport of choice, they're lost, right? They've been developed to believe that this is who they are. Their significance is how far they make it in their sport or, and once they stop, then they lose that identity piece. They don't, they no longer know who they are. And that can lead into different aspects of the flywheel, right? Like mentally, they really struggle after. They start to develop addictions. They they become depressed. So that's, I guess that's a whole different can of worms I just opened there too. <laughs> when you're attacking this flywheel with a gym member who who is wanting to go all in and investing in coaching with you or one of your team, do you start anywhere specific in terms of the five areas or do you try to make progress in each of the five areas right from the get-go? Yeah, that's a good question. So what I've started to implement and it's kind of in beta testing right now is I take those five areas and then I have the member, the client rate themselves. I say at a 10, like how are your relationships? At a 10, how do you feel spiritually? At a 10, how like, do you have purpose? And then physically, how do you feel? So then I get kind of this marker say it's let's say three different areas are five or less so we're going to really focus in on those and how we focus in on those is by creating habits so it's the same way as someone who's doing crossfit right you know that your weak your weak link in your chain is going to come up eventually so if for myself i am not I'm six foot six, so thrusters and pull-ups, <laughs> every time they come up, they just eat me up. So what I, I know now is I have to actually focus on those because if something comes up in life that I need that kind of movement pattern, I'm not gonna be well equipped. So it's the same thing with coaching clients. See your, your weakest, get unbalanced from the things you're good at for a while, focus on there, and get continue to self-check in on those. When it comes to habits, how do you think about them doing the actions versus them changing the identity to be the person that likes doing these actions and maybe does these actions in the future effortlessly? And and I bring that up because I feel like there's a balance between you don't you're you're you have to take action before you fully identify with this next step. I think action is the way out often, but we can often do things and maybe we lose intention over time or we feel like we're going through the motions 
or it just feels like we're doing it to check a box and it never truly fully sinks into the point that it becomes part of our identity. You know, we, we start to say, I'm going to do meditation. I'm going to get in a good morning or evening routine. I'm going to start eating a certain way. And we might be able to check off that box for 30, 60, 90 days, but how do we make sure that it lasts? Yeah, I think this is a, well, if you look around the fitness industry or just personal development, it's where people start to lose that momentum. They lose their motivation, right? If we're relying on this motivation to continue in something where it's, it's not going to happen for a long period of time. So that's the question you asked. I, I would say that's where it becomes really important for someone to understand why. So whether it's a business owner, whether it's in relationship, whether it's becoming fitter, whatever category on the flywheel you want to improve in, you have to understand why it's important to you. Because if you just say, I want to lose 20 pounds because this magazine told me to lose 20 pounds, or I want to have this much money because this person told me I need this much money, well, that doesn't really mean much, right? So when I hit something, when I hit friction, when I, I struck to struggle in my life, because I mean, we, you know, as coaches, our clients, they're going to struggle. Right? They're going to have days where they don't want to do something. And the habits just become annoying Like to check the boxes off and say, I don't want to do this anymore unless we can attach them to that, I guess, that purpose, that greater reason as to why they want to do this. And if we can do that, then that's what keeps them going. And that's what keeps them going in the good and the bad. It no longer becomes about motivation or New Year's resolutions or anything like that. It's just a part of who they are. And as you said, it starts to change them, right? Like we can attach someone to why this is important. That becomes who they are. Instead of saying, I'm just going to do this task because I know I need to, or these habits or these routines. It's just, hey, I'm a healthy and fit individual. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm committing to this because I want to play with my kids. I want to go on hikes. I want to be functional. I want to impact people with who I am. I think there's a lot of gym owners and coaches that would listen to this and a lot of them immediately connect with this idea of really going deep with clients and having this true transformational approach. But I think there's others that got into it that they love because they love fitness and that's really their bread and butter and they love the technical side and they, they live there. How do you think about the coach moving forward? You know, the future of the coach can really point blank. Can you be a great coach and not touch on these things? That's a really good question. I think there's a difference between a coach and a trainer. I think a trainer is someone who understands how to use the tools, right? Like I know how to help someone squat better. I know what exercises to give someone to help them build muscle mass or to get a faster 5k. I think really good trainers know how to do that. But coaches, I think coaches are the ones that understand it's probably 90% mindset and limiting beliefs and all these different things. And that's where coaches have to dig deeper. 
And that's not to say that everyone has to be a coach and you're going to get results with your clients for sure if you're just training them. But if you want to help transform, because you use the word transform, if you want to actually change them as a person, because we're talking about changing a lifestyle, we're changing how they think about themselves, how they interact with the world, then you do have to become a coach. You do have to dig deeper and kind of layer something in. And that's what we've done at the gym now over the past five months. And we've seen amazing benefits in that. Just kind of have like the trainers, right? We're mm-hmm. implementing uh, exercise routine or nutrition routine. But then we have coaches. So members can invest in a coach who basically digs deeper into that mindset to help them get the most out of their training sessions do you believe that most trainers will eventually have to become a coach in order to have longevity in this industry meaning that in order to have real true long-term fulfillment for themselves they're gonna at some point need to have that deeper impact I think so I think I think the reason you'll see the for that is because there's so many people out there that have so much knowledge but they're unable to deliver in a way that suits the person across them. It doesn't matter if I know everything there is about fitness or biology or whatever it might be. If I can't help someone understand why it's important, I can help someone take that on themselves, which is the coaching aspect, the mindset aspect, the limiting belief, or creating a different belief system, then it's all kind of a waste, right? Like I can like I can have someone come to the gym and give them a terrible workout and make them puke, and I can get them results really quickly, but that's not long-term, right? It's, it's like this instant gratification thing, and... Being a coach is difficult because it's a long game. It's a long process, and you're, you're battling through a lot of things. But I think that is where the industry is going, and it needs to go is this transformation of the person so that they can, so they don't need us anymore. The goal is not for them to be with us forever or need us forever. We want them forever, but we want to help them do this themselves too. I want to revisit the term holistic. You brought up the term holistic, which I can see where it could be taken a number of different ways. I can see where a lot of people just hear it and they're kind of adverse to that term because they, they immediately think of it in kind of the spiritual woo woo realm. Um, and if you're from kind of the CrossFit background and you're like hard work effort kind of mindset, it can just kind of feel like soft <laughs> to, yep. to, to be more holistic. Um, at the same time, you are seminar staff. And I think I could make the argument that one of the things that drew me and others to CrossFit is that they had a really good holistic view on fitness. And I'd specifically point to the 10 uh, physical skills required to be super fit, you know, flexibility, uh, strength, power, endurance, you know, yeah, we all want to be superhuman, but at the same, at the similar context, we, we want to be holistic, well-rounded in that sense is maybe another way to put it. Um, 
But yeah, where, where does your head go when you think about holistic and how to make that term feel more exciting for someone who's yeah. get more buy-in to that? Yeah, as you're talking, I kind of start to think about it's almost like a diversified fitness portfolio, right? If we're thinking of holistic, so if I'm, if I am self if I have self-discipline in the gym, if I'm doing CrossFit, well, why not use the same principles in other areas of my life? To me, that's what hol holistic healthy fitness is. It's not the woo-woo stuff like that kind of pushes people away from holistic. It's you know, understanding there's these principles that can be used outside of the gym too, right? If I am consistent in, in the gym, if I consistently work out five days a week, I'm seeing results. Why don't I take that same principle in my marriage as an example and to have, so my, my wife's love language is acts of service. That's one of the top ones. So I'm gonna take that same mindset say I'm going to invest in my relationship and knowing what my wife's love language is I can do that better same thing as with fitness I need to know what I'm weak at I need to know what I need to work on and invest in there so I think if we called it fitness investing or time investing whatever someone wants to call it and then you can use these same principles that actually apply to money too then it gets a lot more exciting I think yeah. From your, your personal experience of being on seminar staff and owning a gym, being a CrossFit affiliate, how have you seen the CrossFit methodology lead people to be more holistic, but then also distract people from the holistic side? Mm. I think for a lot of people not knowing what CrossFit is really about. I think we all see, we all think of the CrossFit athletes, like the games athletes, spending four hours a day in the gym, if not more, and then not realizing that's not originally what CrossFit was about. Or it, it still isn't just about that. Like that's just the epitome of elite fitness, right? And it's, I played hockey. It'd be like me saying, I need to be, in the National Hockey League to be a hockey player. Well, no, I can still go play with my friends. I can still use this as a way to get healthier and fitter. So that's one way I think people's misunderstanding of what CrossFit is. CrossFit in and of itself is a training methodology that helps people be functional across broad times, like different lengths of workouts and modal domains. So running, lifting weights, gymnastics, all these different things increasing work capacity in those so that's that and then across time domain as well so if I increase my fitness and like you said in these 10 general physical skills and then I continue to do that over time resting as well right taking rest days and recovering because you only can adapt as much as you can recover and I'm gonna be stronger more functional over a long period of time. Cool. I want to talk about your, your personal development because you're very much a leader by example in this sense. You're not just 
promoting it for clients and not doing these things for yourself. So what are some things that you're currently working on or have been doing on a regular basis that have had a big impact for you? Yeah. So I started to realize, like you said, there needs to be action if you actually want to change. I can't just sit back and wish for something or want something and for it to happen. I think a lot of people are scared of actually taking action, but they don't realize that's what causes the change in their life, these small habits. So for myself personally, I've been doing cold exposure. So whether that's um, cold showers or ice baths over for the past four years, and that stemmed from more of a, an autoimmune condition, so something that came up based on stress in my life, and then realizing that stress in any of those five categories of the flywheel can affect the other parts of it. So mental stress, environmental stress can actually affect your physical well-being, your mental well-being, your spiritual well-being. So that's something I implemented is cold exposure. That's been the big one. But the bigger reason behind that is understanding that we have to get uncomfortable in order to grow, right? Like discomfort leads to growth. And I think a lot of people, they want the byproduct of hard work and discomfort, but they're not willing to actually go to that place. So that's what... I try to help coach people through is they start small, but you're going to have to get a little uncomfortable. Right? And it doesn't have to be getting an ice bath. Like all these different things in life are uncomfortable. Whether it's sending a gratitude text to someone else, that's uncomfortable. Right? That takes vulnerability. But on the other side of that is growth and all the good things. What was your autoimmune condition that came up? I had um, chronic hives. So that's where I started to educate myself and investigate this whole thought process of load versus capacity, stress on the system, and how different stressors can start to manifest in different things in your life, right? So at that time, my wife and I had just moved into new house we had just expand the gym my mom just got lung cancer and all these different things happened and I kept moving going forward and not noticing anything and then I realized like I got like these hives and I like they were pretty bad and I was off work for two weeks and I went to the hospital and they said there's nothing you could do right like, we're just gonna give you these steroid pills and so I took these pills for a long time anti-inflammatory pills that have a lot of nasty side effects and did nothing and it frustrated me it, to think that you know there there's a reason this came into my life right it, it, there's all these stressors so then I started to reverse engineer and realize okay if these stressors caused this that means that they can be reversed too so I actually notice now if I eat poorly, which is a stress on my system, if I'm not doing these environmental stressors like sauna or cold exposure, exercising, breathing, relaxing, creating space, or if I'm getting sick, I start to develop some hives. 
So just realizing that causes a sickness, it most likely the opposite of it can cause healing in your life. Now you're talking about stress and you know, a lot of the, the coaches and owners know that exercise, cold exposure is a stress. So how did those things, especially cold exposure, how did that benefit you as opposed to just contributing more to the issue? I think it caused me to be more aware of my breathing and be more aware of my body. So putting myself in a stressful situation, especially cold exposure. So what happens when people get into the cold water is either they cry, they laugh, they scream or whatever else or they panic right and I don't know where I read it but it talked about how we hold stress at like a cellular level and if we're never exposed to these stressors we can't actually let a lot of these emotions out so the first time someone gets in the cold water they don't know what to do right they it brings the cortisol they're in the fight or flight but then if you have someone coaching you through it and you slow down your breathing control your breathing then you have a better understanding of your stress response and then so in other aspects or areas of your life when you're feeling stressed you can feel that same feeling right I, I understand the feeling I have when I get in cold water so now my mindset has adapted around that my breathing has adapted around that because we look at our system my breath is the connection point between my mindset or my mind and my body if a bear comes and chases me, so I'm from Alberta, Canada, we're right near Rocky Mountains, and we go biking a lot, and there's grizzlies, there's big grizzlies out here. If I got chased by a bear, I want cortisol, I want adrenaline, but my mind knows the difference between a bear chasing me and being cut off on the road by another car. My body doesn't know the difference, so it's going to have the same exact systemic response with both of those or even getting an argument with someone else same response for both of those so then once I realized that with my mind I could feel the emotion happening the breathing comes into play and if you practice it enough and you put yourself in those stressful situations like the question was about if you put yourself in the situation isn't it making worse no I think it actually gives you the tools to respond to stress better what have you found on the breathwork side of things that's worked really well for you? Is it just during the cold exposure, or do you do separate breathwork? I've experimented with this as well for the past four years. One thing I have been doing is, unless it's a competition, unless it's CrossFit Open, I, I nose breathe for every single workout. And people have difficulty with that, and the reason being is they have little to no tolerance to CO2 in their body. Right? Carbon dioxide we think is a bad thing, but we need CO2 in our body for our muscles to intake oxygen better. And so if you look around and you start to see people breathing, a lot of people breathe through their mouth all day and they're offloading the CO2. And not being able to handle CO2 in your system actually causes you to be in more of the fight or flight state. Right? So for me, I've been practicing breathing um, through my nose. I actually have taped my mouth shut 
at night sometimes a couple years ago just because the health benefits to that are amazing but the adverse part of it too is not good of us constantly breathing through our mouth and it puts us in a heightened state of stress and again it just is that holistic part of it Cool. I know another thing that you've been doing on the personal side is daily social media posting. And can you talk about that and the impact that's had? Yeah. So I committed to that two years ago. I think I've missed maybe 10 days total. And the reason I did that is going back to one of the other comments I made is it made me uncomfortable, right? It, it all, growing up I was afraid of saying what I believed I was afraid of putting myself out there um, in fear of judgment and fear of because we all we all I'm sure we all at some point wonder what someone's thinking when we say something wondering when we put something out there like that vulnerability hangover but then I realized that was actually limiting a lot of my life right I, I've studied a lot I've invested a lot of time in myself in trying to understand health and fitness. So then why why wouldn't I put that out there? The one thing that was preventing me from doing that is this fear. And then I realized that to overcome a lot of fears in our life, you have to take action. I think you said at the start, Andrew, there has to be this action part to it. And so I committed to doing it. And over time, it kind of lots its control over me and it's just a part of my life now why keep doing it you've you've proven to yourself that you can keep doing it why keep doing it yeah that's a good question i think i think now it's more about i feel like i have some knowledge to share with people i keep doing it hopes of impacting that one person is at the start I think a lot of people social media can be a good thing but can also be a bad thing like you're either a producer or a consumer and I would way rather be a producer and try to help people change their lives and live better lives than I would to go on it and consume and I think because we know there's a lot of negative and not growth producing things on social media and I think we need more people producing more of the stuff that's actually beneficial and positive and helpful so that's why I continue to do it one thing that I wanted to throw out there that I've experienced is I actually find that I'm a lot happier and I feel healthier when I'm producing content, podcasts, writing, videos. And something you said earlier, I think you had mentioned it when you were talking about the hives of like holding on to either energy or holding on to certain things. And I found for me, or at least this is my theory, that there's there's a creative energy that when I let that go through me and, and kind of get it out there that I, it literally affects health, happiness, purpose, everything goes with it. And I don't know if that's true for everybody, but it seems to be true for me that 
it's like exercise or movement or healthy eating that without that, I will just never be as healthy or as happy as I know I'm capable of. Yeah, I think you nailed it by saying that. And you being an entrepreneur, like you probably feel like you need to create, right? It just, you have all these ideas. And if you don't, you start to enter this kind of lull and lose that energy and you get stuck. And I think that's kind of going into the more mindset stuff is this scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset. Like a good defense is a good offense type of thing. Like produce, 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 and share and impact and serve. And that's where all the purpose and meaning and fulfillment is. But when we try to protect and we try to live in this fear and this scarcity mindset, I think it actually makes people physically ill a lot of things like you said like that can cause autoimmune conditions and um, even chronic illnesses like they're starting to research more of this epigenetic stuff that even if you have this genetic makeup that makes you more predisposed to cancer or heart disease or all these different things that doesn't mean it's it's going to happen right but if you put yourself in an environment for that to start to build and it will happen. And how you interact with the world, how you produce, how you serve, how you care for others actually has an impact on your physical health and well-being. What's been the result from either the business side, either the gym, either personal relationships or maybe relationships that have come to your life because of you putting yourself out there? But I'm just kind of curious for someone who maybe wants to take this step and go on this journey besides the own personal creative outlet, the discomfort, have you seen any results or benefits that really helps you want to continue it? Yeah, I think for me to have started that myself, I need to understand why I was doing it. Kind of going back to our clients, right? We have to help them understand why they want to change, why they want to lose weight, why they want to build muscle or do anything they want to do. So for myself, I had to attach myself to why. Right? At the, the starting point, it was to not be controlled by this fear. Like it started to really annoy me to feel like there's something in my life that I'm being limited by through that fear. And I mean, I tend to sometimes post posts that are really deep and are more so for myself. It's almost like a, a journaling, like just to get my thoughts out there. And I think a lot of more, a lot more people could do that just to try to understand their own thoughts better, understand themselves better. But after a while, I realized I need to talk to the person I want to help. And by doing that, I'm starting to get more messages of people that I didn't know they were reading my content. I think if you're a producer and you're a content creator, don't worry as much about how many people are commenting or liking. Just start to think about that one person you're impacting and talk to that person. So if you've been through something that you've grown through, share about that. So as an example, my wife, so she's just starting to share more content and she's sharing about how she went through an unhealthy relationship with food and exercise. And I think we'd be surprised 
I don't think we're surprised. We know how many people struggle with that, being in the health and fitness industry with this relationship. So that if we start to put this content out there, it gives us a better ability to impact people. Because no one's going to come to us and ask us. We have to actually put that out there if we want to help people. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting to see the people that start showing up when you put yourself out there like that. And I know for me, in, in the experience that I've had with the podcast, and I don't do as much on social media, but I have put myself out here in, in various ways, it changes the type of conversations that I have in the real world. Um, and it isn't so much about the likes or the comments, but oftentimes it's the person that I didn't know was interested in this stuff and in, interested in personal development or just like ready to make these big changes in their life that now is instead of having this surface level conversation with them about the weather or, you know, that day's workout or whatever it might be, you're talking about breath work or conscious leadership or something like that, where you get to see just a completely different side of someone. And I just know for me, it leads to a much more fun, purposeful experience to life because now I get to have a lot better conversations or at least conversations that I enjoy more and I'm more invested in, in my day-to-day -day life. Absolutely. And you mentioned purpose. It feels more purposeful to have those meaningful, deep conversations. And by putting yourself out there and sharing your thoughts, it opens that line of communication and invite people in to have those conversations. Because I don't think we we're made to just have surface level passing by conversations like how's the weather how's the workout like that's great sometimes but that doesn't actually lead to a lot of change in someone's life it just hey see you later let's continue on with what we're doing instead of digging deep and understanding the person across from you I wanted to ask something else on that. I'm blanking. I just forgot on that. But I want, I'm going to wrap up here soon, and I, I wanted to follow up with one more thing on that. Oh, what I wanted to touch on before we go is what you're doing with PT Legends. We're also working with PT Legends, and I'm going to have Dave and Scott on the podcast here. Um, and actually, their episode might even beat this one out. But how does what you're doing in terms of you know, social media content, putting yourself out there, your mindset change, your leading by example. How did that lead to actual tangible business success with what you're doing with PT Legends? Yeah, so we've been working with PT Legends for four or five months. And I've known Scott Carpenter for a while. I just met Dave Bess through this process. I was following Scott's content and I was following what he was doing and it kind of goes back into just produce content and eventually someone will come in and ask you about it and what he was doing was what was in my mind like this this thing I couldn't actually put on paper yet I couldn't understand how to deliver and package so what it did for us is that thing I drew on the board like about purpose and coaching and actually helping people holistically change four years ago he created so we invested them in them as a business so they could help us package this and help us create an offering so that we can reach people and 
create that change. And that was a big scary thing because it, it's an investment. But I now know through being a business owner, an entrepreneur, and someone who is growth, pursuing growth in my life, you have to invest in things if you actually want the change. It's not just about saying you want something. Well, where are you spending your time and energy? Where someone spends their time and energy, you can quickly tell where their priorities are. So that's what I did. And in the constantly changing environment of the health and fitness industry, I mean, especially for us in Canada, I know it's different in Florida, but like we were closed for seven straight months, uh, not able to use our gym. And we've, we had to open and close five times, continue adapting, a lot of staff turnover, um, tired members, tired people. And that's when I, it really hit me. Is we're going to invest in this, this program because it's time to actually change people's lives. I would much rather impact holistically 10 people, cha absolutely change their life so they have a better life than serve 2,000 people and get them to lose a couple pounds here and there but not having actually changed their life for the better. I love that. I think that's a perfect place to wrap up this conversation and uh, really appreciate your time today, Matt. Enjoyed talking to you and um, yeah, really enjoyed this conversation. So is there anywhere that people can reach out to you or follow you if they want to see on social media and hear more about what you're doing? Yeah, I try to post on most social media accounts, um, and even on TikTok, but some of my videos got removed because apparently ice baths are dangerous. They're dangerous acts. So <laughs> showing a little too much skin on there. I, well, I thought that's maybe what it was, but it was no ice, ice bathing is dangerous. So the main one would be Instagram. It's my name, Matt, at Matt Chenard. Um, I am on YouTube as well, but the main one people can get a hold of me of and I communicate most through is Instagram. And your last name spelled C-H-E-N-A-R-D. That's it. Yep. And pronounced Chenard. I mean, some people say Chouinard, but it's Chenard. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Matt. I really appreciate your time and enjoyed talking to you. Thanks, Andrew.